Hey everybody, uh, this is uh, <laughs> Bruce Springsteen sings the alphabet. Uh, I love that you just like uh, like Rainbow Death Wheel app on an Apple Mac. <laughs> yeah, I just lost it. Just fully, just pff, nothing. We're way out of practice uh, here. Way out of practice. <laughs> Uh, yeah, coming to you live from the convalescent home where, uh, my wife just had COVID. So that was super tight. Loved that. And I'm so uh, sorry that happened. She, and she is vaccinated. I feel like we should say. She is. Yeah. She got it from a nurse at work who, um, I'm fairly confident she has asked to get the vaccine before a, a performatively unvaccinated, unmasked, uh, coworker. So that was just so cool that she cost my family like, uh, uh, 14 days, a health scare, and uh, thousands of dollars, honestly, when you get the, you know, time off work and the medical bills and the all the tests for the kids, you know, and Shep had RSV, so, you know, that's, that's a comorbidity. Uh, so anyway, get vaccinated, guys. Welcome to Bruce Springsteen Sings the Alphabet. Hey, that's the price of freedom. <laughs> yeah, that is not, the, I, I, okay, I don't want freedom if it means I don't have kids, you know? <laughs> Never mind that the vaccine it. itself you know, is, like, is free. <laughs> Yeah. Whoops. There, yeah. There's the explicit rating. I'm, I'm not mincing words. Uh, That's all right. I've I've been telling people any like any time I've had to reschedule something, I've been like, sorry. Uh, you know, like I told them exactly what happened, and then I'm like, sorry for oversharing, but I've committed to oversharing until this is over. I mean, this is the time of oversharing. This is this is the yeah. world we live in right now. You have to. Yeah. So anyway, this is a podcast where we normally talk about Bruce Springsteen and or Jason Isbell. We'll do a little bit of that today. Sure. But mostly, we're just checking in on the feed. <laughs> Just, uh, you know, how you guys doing? <laughs> Get that thing checked out. Uh, anyway, I'm JB. Uh, this is Rob. Hey. Uh, you probably already know that if you're listening to this podcast. Why would you listen but, to um, this episode if not? Yeah, like that's that's the question. <laughs> what a weird stop to get on this train on. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. This, this is like the middle of nowhere. We, we pulled over because there's like a, a dead coyote on the tracks. Yeah, you're just trying to like get on the train to go to work, and you get on, and it's actually just the boat crossing the river sticks. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we will get back to our uh, ta- our you know previously scheduled talking about music. It's just we both been super busy, as you mentioned before. Y'all had a COVID scare, and um, and so we're you know still traveling and doing work related things, and so eventually we'll get back to the Jason Isbell stuff. Eventually we'll get to uh, we'll go back to alphabetical Springsteen and do. Western stars and letter to you. And we're still, we're still holding out hope that there's a box set coming at some point this year. So, um, yeah, I think we're getting something this year. I think so. There's, there's been some, uh, some rumblings. Yeah. So we're, we're kind of, we're we're just kind of spinning our wheels until we know. I forgot that we haven't listened. We haven't talked about Western stars or letter to you. Like, I know. I forgot that letter to you is just sort of like, here you go. <laughs> I, I think 2022, regardless of how, if, of whether or not we finish the Jason Isbell stuff, 2022 needs to be the year that we, fin- we go back and, uh, yeah. Get get all those Bruce Springsteen songs that we haven't talked about yet. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, we can finish the Jason Isbell stuff too. You know. I see no reason why it. not, other than just timing. You just saw him. I did. Yeah. That's right. We. Uh, I. Jason Isbell came to Fort Worth, and I went to my first crowded concert in over almost two years. And it was at Billy Bob's, Texas, which you would not think Billy Bob's, Texas, would be the place where they would be like, "Yes, we will observe your vaccination regulation, Jason Isbell." Because yeah, the. Okay, so it, the the concert was scheduled to be at Panther City Pavilion, and at the last minute they had to move it. And I believe it's because Jason Isbell has a requirement that you either have to a be vaccinated and prove your vaccination, or b uh, get a negative COVID test prior to entry to the show. 
and um, and Panther Panther City Pavilion was unwilling to do that. Billy, for somehow Billy Bob's Texas was like, well, shucky darn, sure we'll do that. So Billy Bob's has been venueing for a while though. You know what I mean? Like I just I just wouldn't expect them to be like COVID friendly. You know, not not to be all stereotypey about the whole thing, but it's Billy Bob's. Yeah. You know, well, you know what Jason said. You know, not all in the Guardian article uh, that came out today. Not all of us are uh, big dumb hicks. Yeah, that's right. Which is, I've said numerous times this week in trying to get like our political leaders to uh, do something about masks and vaccinations in this state. While my wife had COVID, uh, that she got from at one of our overstocked hospitals or overstaffed, understaffed, and. Yeah, anyway, and I, I mean repeatedly was just like, do you want to out-Southern me? Like, I have a my dad's cattle brand tattooed on my ass. <laughs> we can do that. We can do that. Yeah. Or we can not, like, we can save lives. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, and and you're right. So, yeah, Jason Isbell is is out, out there proving you right. And uh, and I, quite frankly, when I saw that they had moved it, the the venue, and that they were putting up these requirements, knowing Fort Worth as I do, or as I thought I did, I thought like, oh, this is going to be like the smallest Jason Isbell show I've ever seen because people are going to like rebel against this vaccination requirement. It was packed. Billy bought the four thousand seat tickets sold, and it was yeah. uh, it was completely packed. Isbell's got fans everywhere, and Isbell fans are you know conscientious people. You know, you can't get through all those lyrics just for the guitar solos if you're not, like, you know, a little bit introspective. Yeah. It was just interesting to, to be in Billy Bob's surrounded by vaccinated people. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not a, it's not a scene I, I expected to be a part experience. of. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, whenever um, uh, – Samaritan's Purse and Franklin Graham pulled in to Mississippi to set up an, an ICU in a uh, parking garage because our ICUs were overloaded. A second our parking garage ICU. I remember thinking like, oh, Franklin Graham, thank you. This is the first time I have, uh, you know, I guess, <laughs> thank you. I guess that's all I could say. First time Franklin Graham's <laughs> ever been helpful in his life. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I appreciated that. Well, let, let me ask you something, JB. You having having just had to spend the last couple of weeks in your house, uh, tending to you know sick wife and a couple of kids. What what kind of media were you consuming? Did you read any books? Did you see any? Did you watch any movies? Any TV shows? Well, I think everyone can assume that I've been watching the newest season of Australian Survivor. <laughs> I just assumed. I didn't even know there was a new season of Survivor, but I still assumed you've been watching Survivor. Yeah, so Australian Survivor is going on right now, and they do like three episodes a week. They're really intense, and it's the Australian Survivor is the best. I think it's better than the American Survivor. Maybe I think I might be. Anyway, it's great. And then because so many Survivor people are on the challenge this season, I decided to watch the challenge for the first time. And then because the guy, the host, TJ, comes out and he's like, here's the rules. And he just like goes through all these insane rules that don't mean anything. And it's like, you know, like whenever you're watching people play poker and they're like, here's, you know, here's how we're doing it. We're doing a five card stud. Aces are high. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, like he was just making up rules. And I was like, wait, does each season have different, just completely arbitrary rules that the contestants don't know before they get there? The answer is Yes. Really? And so uh, the earliest season that's on Paramount Plus is 11, and I watched it. 
and the rules were insane. He was like, all right, y'all are going to fight to be who see his team captain of each team. And then, uh, anyway, it, it, it ended up being like insane. Like <laughs> it, it, great rules anyway. Huh. Uh, but it's like two thousands. So people, the people are just awful. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. It is just like 40 Fred Durst's in one house. Oh God. That sounds awful. I, yeah. I think I'd voluntarily be voted off the island in that situation. Yeah, somebody left like immediately after episode one. She was like, this is not how I live my life. If you come near me, I will call the police. So, And she did. She called the police. She left. Oh, wow. It was wild. Yeah. Well, good for her for standing her ground. <laughs> yeah, they were. I mean, she was in a different room from everyone. I don't know why she called the police instead of just leaving, but it was wild. <laughs> Uh, and this is on what if, it's on Paramount Plus, is that right? Paramount Plus, that's where you get all your reality TV these days. Yeah. Paramount Plus is happening, man. It's wild. Yeah, they got some great stuff. The Good Fight is uh super interesting. I don't know. It I don't know. It's a ride this season. I'm not caught up on this season yet. I I, I have actually it's funny. My first thing was a Paramount Plus show as well. I I've been watching um Evil. Do you watch Evil? No. It's it's created by the same people who created the, both The Good Fight and The Good Wife. And um, it's it's kind of a horror. It's like the X Files, except it's about like demonic stuff. Yeah, I'm out. I can't do it. <laughs> it's it, dude. It's 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 legit scary. It's like a it's it's like a straight up. It, it's a horror show. And uh, I can't do that. It's it's really good. So I'm I've been like I've been trying to hype myself up to watch The Exorcist for like two years now. Like I sat down like two years ago to watch it, and I was like, all right, here we go. There's an essay I wanted to read on it. Somebody I like wrote, you know, I'm like, here we go. Yeah. And I just didn't. And then I've sat down many a night since and just not watched it. Yeah. It's a commitment, man. Cause it's not, the exorcist is not what I would call like fun to watch. You know what I mean? It's not, it's, (laughs) um, so, so I, I don't know. I, I, I probably never need to see the exorcist ever again. So like, I, I don't know. I don't know that I could recommend it. (laughs) All right, cool, perfect. Yeah. Taking it off the list. I just can't do horror, man. I can't. Darkness Falls ruined me for years, and that's not even a scary, scary movie. Yeah, it's about the Tooth Fairy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So, uh, but yeah, if, if you check out Evil on on Paramount Plus, that's 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 the show. That, that and um, the White Lotus. I, I just started watching that too. That's pretty. Oh, cool. you know who wrote the White Lotus? Mike White. You know what other wonderful island uh, suspense show he was a big part of? You could even say he was a showrunner at one point. Wait, was he a contestant on Survivor? Oh, my man. <laughs> He's a great contestant. Because he was on The he Great did, Race also, wasn't he? He did it very well on Survivor. The Amazing Race. <laughs> oh, yeah. What did I say? The Great Race? Yeah. What? What? what it, I don't know. I don't really watch The Amazing Race. I've only seen one season. It was like not what I thought it was going to be. It was just a travel show. Yeah, I, I've never <laughs> I've never seen like, an episode, but that's what I assume it is. But just the parts of travel that aren't great. It's just the planes and cars. It's like airports but, and bus stops and stuff. Yeah, and then they have to do a thing, but it's never like crazy. Yeah. You know, like I think one time they had to watch some uh, twirling dervishes <laughs> do their thing in a cathedral in like Turkey or something. And... Maybe do a spin. I don't know. It's not hard. It's not a anyway. Yeah. So the amazing race. So have you been watching the White Lotus then? Being the Mike White fan that you are. Oh yeah, the last episode made me feel like 
bad. I'm not. I'm not caught up. I've only seen the first two episodes. It was very good though. Oh, I think episode three is where it really gets just wonderful. Okay. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to it because the first episode I was like, this is fine, and but I, yeah. I I heard that I needed to hang in there, and so I watched the second episode, and it was, um, met, it was significantly better than the first episode. So I'm I'm told that it just continues to get better. I love how terrified everyone is of like the teenage girls. Oh, the teenage girls are the 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 most evil. I I just I really hate them. You know, and they're like the twins from The Shining. Is that the movie that has like the twins in the hallway? Yes, yes. Yeah. Have you seen Hot Tub Time Machine? Uh, yes. You know the hotel clerk, the bellboy who had one arm, and they were always trying to figure out what happened, and like crazy stuff would happen all throughout the movie, and they were like. Like, at one point, he, like, threw a chainsaw into the air because he slipped and fell. And it's, like, up in the air. And they're all like, oh, no, this is it. And it lands next to him. Oh, yes. And, like, yes. just the whole movie, you're waiting to figure out. And they like go back in time and, like, try and save his arm. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I mean, the White Lotus is just that. It's that. You know? Like, the first episode, and there's, like, a coffin. And then at the very beginning. Yeah. And then, like, that's the whole show. Yeah, the whole the whole season is, is trying to figure out who's in the coffin. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, or at least it the first kind two of a wild ride. Yeah, the whole season is it. It I didn't. I sort of assumed, <laughs> I just assumed it was one person. I didn't realize that it was like supposed to be a hunt. I just like assumed it was one person in episode one, and then finally by like episode four, I was like, it could be anybody. <laughs> well, they definitely in in the first episode they definitely make you really want to think that it's one person, but I think that's a red herring. But I, I I'm not again I'm not caught up, so it's it's possible that it's exactly who they want you to think it is. I don't know. Um, it's great, and our the guy who plays Armand is just oh he's the best. Before. I've never seen that guy before, but he is great. I want to dress like that. I'm gonna start wearing a mu- I, I don't have a big enough upper lip to have a mustache like his that, mustache but. is supreme. Yes. Oh, it's so great. He just gets better and better, and they all do. It is. Well, it's very possible that as soon as we get off this call, I'm going to watch the third episode. Yeah, it's it's great. I'm pretty stoked about it. You should. Have you seen any? Uh, have you listened to any good music? Uh, yes, actually, I, I remember the last time we did a check in, I mentioned that I've, I'd been struggling to find any new music that I was gr- really connecting with. And I, I'm pleased to say that I really enjoy the new Yola album. Okay, cool. It's called stand by myself or stand for myself. I can't remember which, which one, but, yeah. um, it, it came in, I'm a member of the Magnolia record club and it, it was my record for this month and it, I've listened to it, um, maybe a half dozen times already. It, it's great. I really liked Yola's first album. And, um, and a lot of times, you know, like a first album is kind of a, it's one of the, like a lot of, a lot of artists can make a, a good first album and not be able to figure out how to make a good second album. And I'm here to tell you, Yola is, she, she's got it going on. She's got her second album game is strong. So, um, cool. yeah, highly recommend that. I, I also, I've, tagged i've not i've not started listening to it yet but i'm really excited to listen to the new bleachers album because there's a uh bruce springsteen collaboration on there that i really want to get into um yeah i'm excited about that one i haven't listened to it yet but i'm excited about that one i've listened to bits of it what about you any any new music anything you're excited about yeah i thought i'd listen to the new manchester orchestra record like a long time ago because it came out um like in april and i hadn't (laughs) it is just it is so big and huge. They So they scoop all the mids out of their guitars, um, but they build a wall of sound still, right? They occupy um, every frequency, you know, 
so that you have like a wall so, and it, you feel supported by it. But then they, um, they sing, uh, these huge sweeping harmonies. And so all the mid range, which is sort of like that most popular, like the one that you hear the strongest, all the mid range is just human voice. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is like, uh, human voices. Even if you use it like a, like manipulate it, use it as a beat, like here, the, the ear detects that somehow and ma- it's just more appealing. And so, but then they also at any time can just like drop all the bass out or drop, you know, cause they kind of have this wall divided into these like sort of thirds. I don't know. It's, they can just, uh, it's so uplifting. And at any moment they can just sort of like leave you feeling like that, you know, pit in your stomach on a roller coaster, uh, and then, you know, catch you. And, uh, so that record's <laughs> masterful. And then uh, Donovan Woods put out a deluxe edition of Without People, which is a record I, I think I raved about last year, maybe. Um, and so he's he's a Canadian songwriter, country songwriter. He's written songs for like like Tim McGraw. Okay. Like uh, he he makes money playing his own music, and he's very great. Um, but like Tim McGraw pays his mortgage, and um, so on the on the last record he had like this little track that just felt like a flex to me. Like he was in the studio and he's like, how's that song go again? And uh, the guy turns it up in the mix. Like you can hear him in the booth, turn it up in the mix. And it is just like CMT number one song of the summer. Absolute like Florida Georgia line banger. Oh, nice. <laughs> and then he just like pulls it back down and he's like, I don't know. That's not, you know, and then he just goes into his next because his music is like deeply sad. <laughs> it's, deeply sad yeah like it makes me weep um like he has this song about divorce me and april were like <laughs> arguing about something it's a song about divorce and i like listened to it twice and called her and i was like I'm sorry about everything like it's not even that important <laughs> <laughs> wow uh so anyway but on this deluxe edition he put out um uh a kid's choir accompaniment on piano of one of his saddest songs so that's even sadder and uh you start crying before the lyrics start and then uh, he put out the full cut of that, like, absolute banger. <laughs> and it is so good. It's called um, When the Party's Over. And so the the line, that the most country line of all time, is like, I'm glad they're... Uh, I'm glad they came, but I thought they'd never leave. Mm. You know, and he sings it like kind of on the down. Like, I'm glad they came, but I thought they'd never leave. And then he's like, uh, when the party's over, uh, I get to pull you in closer. Uh, we get to dance a little slower. Vinyl's still spinning. Night's not ending. Come on, baby, let's get to rocking. Kiss me like no one's watching. That black dress gets to dropping. It is the most like <laughs> pop country music row. <laughs> and he's just, it's a throwaway song for him. That is a flex. Wow. <laughs> and I just get so excited about it. Uh, and then Rodrigo Amarante, who I have also talked about on this podcast incessantly, has a new record called Drama. And he writes music in many languages, and it kind of doesn't even like if you don't speak one of those languages, like it doesn't matter. That's not the point. Mm. Um, he picks the language that best conveys the emotion of the thing he's trying to sing about, and so I don't know. That's a that's a flex too, I guess. And what is that called again? Uh, Rodrigo Amarante, A M A R A N T E. And if you watched uh, Narcos on Netflix, he wrote the theme song to. Uh, to you. Oh, okay. Which is a very sexy song. It is. It's a great theme song. <laughs> very sexy song. So it's called Drama, and it's uh, it's awesome. Nice. That sounds great. Yeah. That, those are some good recommendations. 
And then also just like metal. I've just been <laughs> listening to metal when I run uh, nonstop. There's so much good, just like kind of post hardcore. I don't know. I was telling April, I was like, I know that not everyone should listen to metal. I get it. I'm not that weird guy. Yeah. I used to be, but like one day I quit making people listen to screaming music in my car every time they rode with me. Cause I was like, Oh, people don't want that. But to me, metal is like flowers, you know, like it's one of the most beautiful, diverse, like things that it like dynamic things that exists in my life. Yeah. You know? And, uh, and so like, to me, when people are like, I don't like metal, I'm like, yeah, sure. Not everyone likes flowers, but it seems like more people should. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that a lot of people hear flowers when they hear metal. It is just, to me, it is the most like sort of dynamic, uh, it's like rock and roll classical music, I guess. It's sort of like challenging and dynamic and, uh, it's just incredible. You know, there's just so much. Uh, like, all right. So there, I saw this clip of Britain's got talent today uh-huh. of this kid. Uh, he walked out and they, uh, the, the frozen music starts playing and he's got like, you know, snake bite lip rings and super long hair and the frozen and the frozen music starts playing and everybody's like, Ooh. And then he just starts screaming it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and like people get mad, they get so mad and then people kind of get into it. Like, cause he's super dedicated to it. And because he just goes, the cold never bothered me anyway. <laughs> Let it go! Let it! You know, like, and they all start singing the lyrics with him. So you have the Disney accompanying track. You have 200 people singing in sort of like that group harmony, not necessarily like big harmonies, like specific harmonies, but like that sort of group, you know. And then you have this one screaming voice inside of all of that. And it ended up being just like gorgeous, you know? Yeah. It's like, that's beautiful. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, try metal. Just if you haven't, just try. If you need a recommendation, you know, I can I can give you a little survey, and we can find the right fit for you. Maybe you're a tulip guy, maybe you're a, a rose guy, girl, whatever. Uh, so like, I'm a, you know, I'll hook you up with some metal. So like, if you, if you were just gonna like throw a blanket uh, like metal recommendation out right now, like, are we talking like classic metal, like Metallica, or what are we talking here? Well, I've been listening to a little Dio, but I'm and Metallica's great. I've been thinking about Kurt Hammett a lot this week. Even though I haven't been listening to metal, but right now I'm super into Norma Jean's Wrongdoers. Um, they're like a southern metal band. Um, I don't remember if they're like out of Georgia, maybe Georgia. Um, yeah, it's just like I don't know. It's somewhere right on the other side of like really hard rock, <laughs> and somewhere before you know, there's just like there's some nice screams, some nice singing, some really good drumming, just cool guitar stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's all kinds of stuff. There's like poppy metal and there's like tough guy metal and there's like epic metal, you know, and there's like ballads. You can do just the ballads and then you're just basically listening to like, you know, dudes with like really big voices singing next to acoustics. Nothing else matters. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Nothing else matters. Yeah. That like (laughs) James Hetfield. Yes, sir. Oh god, that gets me so pumped. <laughs> I just listened. You know, I I just listened to uh, an episode of the the Rivals podcast where they talked about how like Metallica and Megadeth had a feud going. And I know what I, what I did not know was that Megadeth was started because some guy like one of the original members of Metallica was fired, and he basically on the bus ride home after being fired from Metallica, uh, he like plotted his revenge basically and decided he was going to yeah. start his own metal band which became Megadeth. 
Yeah. And he got which is he got fired from Metallica for drinking too much, which is incredible because <laughs> Metallica is like one of the hardest drinking bands ever. Yeah, especially back then. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they like uh drink a lot of beer as a part of their performance. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, didn't they have a bass player die from alcoholism? I don't know. I don't I don't know much about my I, my Metallica history is spotty at best. Oh. So that, See, but if you're possible. thinking about Metallic, if you want like a good classic kind of like radio metal, you know, like definitely like Ride the Lightning, the Black Album. That's some really good. That's some really good metal, right? I there. like the I like the Black Album. I like um, Master of Puppets is a good album. Oh, Master of Puppets, Master Master of Puppets, Master. <laughs> Master! Yeah, yeah. And the Black Album's got uh, Inner Sandman, and it's got uh, it's got a couple kind of ballady songs. Yeah. Uh, and just some great, just like power chord, just like pick slide, just flying V, just, just metal. Yes. <laughs> just, yeah. Lars back there just running on the double bass. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, sorry for talking about metal for so That's long. That's all right. I, I, actually, it's funny. I, I've been going in the opposite direction. I've been listening to a lot of David Bowie lately. Oh, dude, been listening to Bowie with the kids. Yeah, what 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 are they liking? What, are they responding to any of it? Oh, for sure. Like Starman is a is like a in the rotation here. Oh, I love Starman. I I've I've been going chronologically through his entire body of work and just kind of hitting one album at a time, just kind of camping down, like just stopping down on each one. And I mean, I realize this is the least controversial opinion I may ever have on this podcast, but Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars is by far his best album. And oh. Yeah, you know, like obviously, um, followed followed by Hunky Dory. Hunky Dory is my second favorite of his albums, but um, Ziggy Stardust is a masterpiece. The whole the whole dang thing. Yeah, dude, Bowie is. Uh, I I think about. I really want to go back and listen to Black Star, but like I listened to it right after he died. Yeah, and it was like. Um, I mean, it just felt too. It felt like he knew, and he was writing a letter, just like uh, it's like he was composing um, his will almost. It was very strange. Yeah, what? Just the same year, um, Cohen, um, Leonard Cohen, Leonard Cohen wrote uh, "I I Need a Darker," right? And the name of that record that came out the same year he died. I can't remember the name of the record, but that that may be right. <sighs> oh my gosh, they both like they both predicted their own deaths. Yes, and they and so I I almost can never listen to Black Star again because it just like was uh I don't know like you don't watch a video of a funeral. It was a really impactful moment and I almost feel like I need it to just exist then. That's a question we should probably ponder at some point. Like what what are the best albums about death specifically by artists who have since died? Oh, the American recordings. Oh, the Johnny Cash albums. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Touche. Good point. <laughs> I listened to um, the uh, I just forgot his name. The producer uh, talk about those the other day. What's the guy's name? Rick Rubin. Rick Rubin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I listened to him talk about those recordings the other day on one of the Pushkin podcasts, and I don't know. It's just like, what an incredible relationship. Yeah. You know, one of those albums has is backed by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. I want to say it's the third one. Yeah, but yeah, that's uh, yeah, it's really something. 
Yeah, when they he said like when they finished the either the first one or the third one, it it was just like all right. And then he was like, "What do we do now?" And Rick was just like, "Come back tomorrow." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, like we got to keep doing this. Um. So, yeah, those are great. Yeah, those are great. Well, and now you're you're starting to see like posthumous albums be like that like prince prince's estate just put out a new album and yeah i haven't gotten that i'm not ready for that one i you know what i have i'm not either and i i I don't know that i'm gonna be i i don't know i i feel like prince was such a perfectionist and he had such control over his art that any sort of posthumous release from him seems like i i can't imagine that he would approve of what people are putting out on his behalf you know what i mean no matter what it Mm -hmm. is but just on principle, even if it's just on principle, yeah, where, someone else putting something out on his behalf, yeah. Whereas with Tom Petty, I feel a little bit different because and, and they've since released like Tom Petty's Wildflowers and all the rest and Angel Dream and and they're they're rating his vault as well. But Tom Petty had a business partner, Mike Campbell, who was also like the, the he he basically co ran everything with Tom, and so like I feel like if Mike Campbell's involved, at least. Tom has an advocate in the room and somebody who kind of understood his vision and how he like and, and understood like what he wanted to put out. But with Prince, Prince was such an anomaly and he was such a yeah. singular kind of person. And I, I, I do wonder like if, if, if by, am I getting what Prince would have wanted if I had listened to the posthumous Prince album? Right. You know? Well, like Prince was like an auteur producer uh, as much as he was like a shredder. Yeah. Um, and Tom Petty is like a who who is very protective. And Tom Petty is like a garage rocker, who who like is very much like yeah. Here's another song. Yeah, he was <laughs> you know, he was like, a prolific. You another song? Yeah, just just an incredibly <laughs> consistent like writer of hit singles. Yeah, I can only imagine that like maybe in high school he was the worst to be around. You know, like <laughs> you want to hear a song? You want to hear another song? Hey man, can I play your song? <laughs> you know, just like yeah. <laughs> Tom Petty, that guy. like if you listen to stories about Tom Petty, he was such like I, I don't know how into the enneagram our listeners are, but it, I, I you, you're not supposed to type people, but Tom Petty, he's dead. So I'll just go ahead and I, I'm I'm almost positive Tom Petty would have been an eight on the enneagram because mm. yeah. he he was so um, like no nonsense, and he he had such little tolerance for anybody else trying to like take charge of him, and so. Uh, like the song won't back down. Like I feel like that that song could only have ever been written by an Enneagram eight. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know what absolutely. I don't I don't know how his personality in high school would have shaken out with that being the case though. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But, but yeah, probably like if you were his friend, you you loved him, and if you weren't his friend, you probably hated him. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, uh, is Tom's band playing again? That guy. Yeah. <laughs> That guy just flipped me the bird and peeled out of my driveway. What's his problem? <laughs> You're not going to come listen to my band? F you, man. Yeah. Oh, man. I love Tom Petty. Me too. Me too, man. Uh, any uh, Last last topic, I, or unless, unless you've got more, I was going to ask, um, you reading any books? Any, any re- literary recommendations? <sighs> I want to read so bad. <laughs> yeah. I just can't do it. I just can't. Like, I can't look at words. I'm getting around. I, I picked up a book. I read a chapter of a book today, and it was really good. And um, uh, I've been doing some audio books. But, I mean, I have read nothing this year. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've read textbooks. I've read a bunch of textbooks. I guess that's true. You, you've got you've got other stuff on your plate. 
yeah, and I, you know, I, I, but yeah, I just so little, so so little. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I. Uh, what about you? Yeah, you got any good books? I, I'm I'm slowly getting through. I, I've actually read more this year than than I had than I did in 2020. 2020 was a is pretty much a lost year for me, but. Um, but th- I, I've been reading a book called The Night Watchman by Louise Erdrich. Um, it, it's the most recent winner of the Pulitzer Prize for fiction. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I I used to have a thing where every year I would read the previous year's Pulitzer Prize fiction winner, and I did not do that last year, of course. Um, but I, I want to get back to that. And so I on my vacation, I picked up this copy of The Night Watchman, and I've been reading it slowly. And it's very good. It's just um, I only have a, like 30 minutes a day to where I can really yeah. un- uninterrupted where I can read. So um, so I'm trying to maximize that as best I can. But it's it's pretty good so far. And hopefully by the end of the year, I will have finished it. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping that I'll have read a book by the end of the year. Yeah. <laughs> I'm slowly getting some reading and writing done and it's it's I when I got back to work yesterday I I like filed so much. Oh really? <laughs> and I was like can you tell I've been chopping at the bit. <laughs> like just stories just churning them out. Yeah. There's like my upper joints on my knuckles were sore at the end of the day. Oh my gosh. You just yeah. you just got to you just got to be working on something. Yeah. Um, uh what about a mo- movie? Have you seen a movie? Um Yes, I'm trying to remember what the last movie I saw was. Uh, I saw The Green Knight. I want to see that. So I masked up and went to my local theater in the middle of the night, and I went to see or middle of the, it was 9 p.m. But it felt like the middle of the night. And uh, was it was it great? I liked it a lot. Yeah, I, I can see what there there's there's a faction of people who are not responding very strongly to it um, because it, I think it's just different than what people are expecting it to be. I liked it a lot. I thought it was a really powerful. I I, I won't even get get away give away what exactly it is. But um, don't go in expecting like an action thriller. Just kind of be ready to just pay attention and go go on whatever journey the the, the protagonist takes. Yeah, um, I watched the new Suicide Squad. Oh, I watched that it's too. Like the only new movie I've seen, and I just keep. So my daughter repeats. There, there's a shark uh, man. Yes. who really wants to appear smart and just is. He's a shark. <laughs> and and so he'll just repeat stuff or just say what he thinks sounds smart or like just be wearing glasses with a book or something that's upside down. And so like I have a daughter who's almost talking <laughs> and she just is that shark. <laughs> and also she punched me square in the mouth the other day and she hits hard. So she's like also that shark is just eating people steady throughout the whole. Just time. like a shark. It is the most. It is gory to the point that it's not. I can't do. I don't do well with gore anymore. I just something turned off on on that. Like last year, I was like, oh yeah, and I, I, no, I don't do this 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 death thing. <laughs> uh, but the uh, some this movie is so over the top. It's cartoonishly it violent. Yeah, yes, it doesn't even register. And Marco Robbie is putting more into the most insane cartoon character of all time. Than most people put into the most like important thing they've ever done. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like, she's swinging for the fences, and, the, and literally swinging from the ceiling. Like she did that stunt, or a lot of it. She did a lot of that, like uh, the hanging from the ceiling stunt, where she like you know did the acrobatic thing. That that whole scene, her chained. yeah. I mean, not to give anything away, but that her like attempted escape scene is, is by far the most impressive part of that movie. 
Well, that in the, but also her uh, breaking into the jail scene. That was wild. That was so well choreographed. Oh, that and, like, was she good. was yeah. That was another one where like the camera made sure to like show her face during a lot of that cool action stuff. Yeah. Like, hey, check out who's Tom Cruising over here. Uh, I don't know. I was I was just like, is Margot Robbie the best actor alive right now? Based on her performance in Suicide Squad. <laughs> yeah, as Harley <laughs> Quinn in Suicide Squad, based on her performance is like, <laughs> like the most insane comic book character. <laughs> Did you see Birds of Prey? By the way. Yeah, I've made my I, I watched like half of it, and then the second half, I was like, oh, I love this movie. Well. She just incorporated more Harley Quinn and made it throughout the rest of it and made it less of that whole thing at the beginning. Yeah, the the best part of that movie is is the the jailbreak scene where she like goes in with the the glitter bean bags with the shot in the shotgun. Oh my gosh, I'm thinking of that's what I was thinking of whenever I said the jailbreak scene in in the Suicide Squad. Oh okay, I watched those like back to back because I made myself finish that one before the new one came. You just went on a Harley Quinn binge. Well, I'd watched half of it and I was like, I'm gonna finish that before I like watch the new one yeah that's that that is by far the best scene in that both suicide squad and birds of prey the best scene is our action scenes featuring margot robbie yeah yeah i mean she's great yeah just insane uh yes that's really all i've all i've seen yeah i think that's that's pretty much all we've got or all i've got and so it it may may be about time to sign off but this was fun it's a good check-in i'm glad we got a chance to do this yeah absolutely and thanks to our uh, listeners for asking ass? us to to do this. By the way, oh yeah, thanks for reaching out and letting us know that sending us tweets. Y'all are still there. And <laughs> also, tell us what y'all are reading and watching and listening to. Like seriously, I am just in a funk. I would love some life giving art, um, you know, or some silly art. Yeah, or whatever. I mean, really, yeah. At this yeah. point, silly is great. Entertaining is great. You know, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. And uh, get vaxxed, get masked, and be careful. Yes. Stay alive. Listen to JB. Do do what he says. Do what the man says. Please. Yes, indeed. Um, yeah, I'm 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 ready to get that booster shot next month. Shoot, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna get one every day. It's gonna be part of my routine. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna be boosted. Uh, I was talking to my I was on a walk while ago, and my doctor lives down the street. I was talking to him. And uh, he was like, yeah. I asked him if I'm like immunocompromised enough. <laughs> and he was like, no, but I'll give it to you next month. And I was like, all right. Cool. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Sounds, sounds good. I mean, I'm not trying to take any bodies, but if this one's just going to get tossed out, I mean, you can toss it right over here. If, if you live in, if Mississippi is anything like Texas, they're just sitting over there at Walgreens twiddling their thumbs waiting for somebody to come in for a shot. Yeah. Oh, it's no, it's it's worse here than it's ever been. Yeah, my my wife, uh, her unit lost a mother and a baby um, the other day. Oh, that's she terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. Like if one of these Republican governors tells you they're pro life, children are dying of COVID, and they're being just asshats. So they're not. Don't let one of those asshats tell you they're pro life while they're letting people out here die. Yeah, and we're and we're talking about this. Only hours after it was announced that Greg Abbott has COVID. 
Texas Governor Greg Texas Abbott Governor. has COVID. And I, I would not wish that on anybody. In fact, I, I it, it, it brings me no joy or satisfaction to, to know that. I, w- I, wish, I just wish he would have taken it seriously. It, it, I, either this is going to make him take it seriously, which tells you like he only takes things seriously when they affect him, or mm-hmm. he's going to downplay it like Donald Trump did, and it's going to be like, oh, it wasn't that bad. I got it, and it was fine. So yeah. get we, nothing good. Nothing good is coming from Greg Abbott having COVID. Yeah, I just yeah, I just hope nobody like just we cannot get it. It'll be great. Yeah, protect yourself. Protect your neighbors. Yeah, do your best. Don't kill my kids. Specifically, like they're two and four. They just got good. Not yeah. Not asking too much <laughs> at this point. I don't think. Yeah, like that's a personal freedom I'd like to have. <laughs> the freedom to not have to think about funeral decisions for my ch- toddlers yeah yeah my five-year-old has asthma so i'd really love to not know what this would do to him yeah yeah i'm not yeah not trying to bring that in like yeah. we've done enough nebulizer treatments not with covid yeah you know yeah so wow i got real serious all of a sudden we were talking about movies and tv shows and now we're talking about comorbidities and hospitalizations yeah. and all kinds of terrible things it is uh, it's tough, but we can end it. Like we can all be good. We can have social and self responsibility. Like that's that's a cool thing too. I'll believe it when I see it. Not not to yeah. not to be the cynic, but gosh, man, I really. I I'll really... tell you, I'll tell you what's uh, what's not free: social responsibility. Yeah, <laughs> social responsibility is free. So true. Anyway. All right. Well, thanks so much, everybody, for listening and for tuning back in. And uh, we'll we'll be back with you as soon as we can be. Sorry, sorry about the sporadic schedule, but uh, we're doing our best. I promise. Yeah. All right. So, JB, this is fun. Thanks for hanging out. Yeah, for sure, man. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for hanging out. I was Scott. I was looking forward to this. I had a long day. I was like, I'm gonna talk. It's good to get. Ca- well, I mean, we needed to catch up anyway, so we figured, like, why not just record it and we'll, you know, kill two yeah. birds with one stone. Yeah, I mean, we saw each other, but we only talked for like 10 minutes because it was, you know. Because I was at work. Was that he was at work. You were at work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was a moment where you said something and you were like kind of thinking of a word and it took everything in me not to just like banter. <laughs> hey, man. Because that's my, like, that's my relationship with you. Yeah. I'm, I'm all for no, the I banter. Think, I think my wife has like said something back to you in every sermon of yours that I've ever sat through with her. That sounds right. I, I, yeah. I believe that for sure. Yeah. She's not shy. She likes... She likes to participate. Yeah, she she sure does, which yeah. is fine, which is great. I don't mind at all. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, uh, everybody, stay safe and uh, let us know what you've been listening to, reading, watching, playing. Definitely spinning. do that. Yes. Yeah. All right, everybody. We'll talk to y'all soon. And until then, I'm Rob, and that's JB, and we'll see you next time.